Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. This week we welcome Molly Teshuva onto the podcast. She is the host of a podcast called Progress Pure. It's a podcast I listen to, I think it's fantastic, which is why I reached out to Molly for her to come on the podcast. Um, But before we get into things, I just wanted to run through a bit of housekeeping. If you want to follow us on Instagram, the Instagram is at a need to read with the number two. And just a quick word to our sponsors of the podcast. The podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp are an online therapy provider and they provide therapy to millions of people all over the world. All of their therapists are licensed and qualified. That kind of goes without saying, um, but that's all to a master's degree and above. If you don't like the therapist that you're matched with, you can choose another one. And that is free of charge. You can chop and change until you find the right person. And in terms of finding the right person, you're matched with a therapist within 48 hours. Now, therapy is something that I discuss on the podcast a lot, so I don't need to make these ads too long. But if you're thinking that the time is right for you to go to therapy, I'd back that decision for you. But you get 10% off as in a need to read listener. And that is at betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. Now, me just saying 10% might not mean anything to you. Therapy, it is an investment um, and it should be looked at in that way. 10% roughly translate to around £20. Um, and I'm sure you can work that out in whichever currency you use. So if you think the time is right for you to go to therapy, I'm going to back the idea for you. You get 10% off as a need to read listener. And once again, that is www.betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. And that link is in the description below. But without further ado, let's hand over to the conversation with myself and Molly. Slightly longer than normal, but neither of us had anything to do and the conversation was flowing. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Molly Teshuva. Hello. Welcome to a need to read. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I am not too bad. Not too bad. Um, just for everyone that is listening, I'm about 17 minutes out of a nap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Molly was in the waiting room early. <laughs> an hour early. <laughs> an hour early, which is good because that means that you were keen. And I'm so keen. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It it was so funny how, um, so obviously you're in Bali right now and I'm in Paris, but when we were organizing to this, I was in London. And so the only time that was working was like either really early or I can't remember if it was really late and I am such a morning person. So I was like, yeah, 6am is great. And like, you kept on being like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm sure. (laughs) What is wrong with you? You psychopath. Why do you want to get up at 6am? But I love it. Look. Each, each, uh, I'm trying to organize a podcast. In fact, I've now organized a podcast with a guy in LA Uh and trying to get that 16 hour time difference. He's like 16 hours behind. It was difficult because when I sent him the invite, it was like the day before for him, but the day after for me. Oh, that's weird. Doing it in different Uh, days. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Spanning across time. It's like real interstellar shit. Yeah. But right. Um, (laughs) Let's go on to that annoying question of introducing yourself because look, I don't do much research on my guests. Yeah. I don't like to plan any questions and this is going to be just a casual chat, but you've, you've got a podcast called Progress Pure. Yeah. And you, how, how, how did it come about? Let's talk about it. 
so firstly I love the style that you do your pods because like the way I do them is um is different like I, I'm like oh I must know because I have such bad memory so that often when I'm talking to people I forget so much stuff so I try and do as much research so it's actually really refreshing that sounds like I'm being like I do loads of research but like not trying to put it like that it's actually really refreshing and nice to be doing one where it's like we're just gonna have free flow and chat and see where it goes I love that um it's because I'm lazy <laughs> Yeah, but you put it in this way. That's really nice. <laughs> um, so how did I get into doing podcasting? So uh, like we were talking a little bit about before, I used to kind of like be do um, fitness influencing when I when well, own I, it. Just say it. I was own a it. fitness influencer. Goddamn. Yeah, nice. And I started doing that in my first year of university. So this was kind of like early 2015. Mm-hmm. And I largely started that because uh, it was kind of when people had first started. Well, what I had first seen of people like going to the gym and posting like gym pics and being like, "Yeah, I love mm-hmm. working out." And I remember seeing that and being like, th- "That can't be true." Like, I genuinely didn't believe that people could go and work out and feel like really happy about it because I was like, mm-hmm. "The exercise is like a chore. Like, people don't enjoy that, right?" Like, am I missing something? Yeah. And so. Then I was like, okay, I, I need to, I want to see if I can get like that. And I also really wanted to see if I could get abs because I thought I was just like <laughs> genetically one of those people that didn't, couldn't get it. And I was like, I don't think I can, but then everyone was saying that you can, if you work hard enough. And I was genuinely like, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> so then I like kind of committed myself to being like, okay, well, I want to see if I can get abs and I want to see if I can enjoy fitness And I thought maybe if I create an Instagram account and post about it every day after I go, it can be like an online diary. And then maybe I can find other people online and talk to them. Mm. All the stuff that your parents probably like, don't talk to strangers on the internet. Uh, But that was obviously becoming more like normal. And so then I started doing that. I started going after like five weeks. I was like, oh, this is actually really fun and I do enjoy it. And like the pain is pleasure and all of this kind of stuff that happens to you at a certain point, I think, when you start enjoying exercising and like seeing results. Yeah. And then kind of built a community on that. And then from then, uh, my Instagram kind of boomed because it was part of, I don't know if you know, like BBG and all of that stuff. No, wrong guy. What is that? (laughs) Yeah, it's like... um, there was this girl called Kayla and she started this kind of like massive but it's called bikini body wait I think it's called bikini body thing bbg bb goals bikini body it might be goals guide bikini body guide yeah okay and it was like a program that girl I think it was just like this massive thing like phenomenon that thousands or hundreds of thousands it was huge of girls like started doing and it I think it was like a 12-week program I did that. She like reposted one of my progress pics and Mm -hmm. uh, then it kind of took off from there and started getting a following, which was awesome. And then started getting brand partnerships, which was really cool and kind of established a name for myself within that industry. So I was doing that alongside like being at uni and stuff. And that was really cool, but it just got Mm -hmm. to a point where I was like, I... I wasn't thinking about what I was doing anymore and I wasn't doing it because I was trying to love the gym and like for those reasons that I started I was just doing it because I had a following now and people I had 
requirements and obligations to create content for brands because I was getting paid to do that and because everyone around me was like this is so cool this is so amazing blah 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 and so I just kind of got in this whirlwind of like I have to keep going and then it got to a point where I didn't realize like the negative effects that social media were having on me, but even things like I'd go on, I'd go on Instagram to post and then I would just log out because I didn't want to be involved in that world, like at all. Um, And then like log back in again, just to post. And I was like, I had was biting my nails all the time and just getting super stressed about it. And then getting so obsessed with like the followers. And then I got to a point where I'd be like losing followers. And I was like, why is that happening? And then my ex-boyfriend at one point was just like, you know, you don't have to keep doing this. And that was like a massive like, oh, like I I didn't think that I could stop. And like the, mm. the relief of thinking about that feeling of like, oh my God, I could stop. And like, it would be fine. Like nothing bad is going to happen. That the like attraction in that idea was so magnetizing that I was like, wow, I, I obviously have to stop. So I stopped, stopped for two years. So I realized it's a long-winded answer to your question. That's stopped, right. stopped for about two years and uh, and then dabbled a little bit in it within that time. Like I, I was going to the gym. I was still exercising. I tried doing keto. I don't know if you've ever done keto. Um, no, nah. nah, it's just where you don't nah. eat sugar. It's a bit miserable. <laughs> yeah, sounds shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's kind of shit but you know great for the brain and all of that gut microbiome whatever i could probably do with that now yeah with the belly thing yeah (laughs) although i don't need to know i'm almost dying but um (laughs) i'll let you know if that does happen yeah let me know if that happens during the podcast as well yeah no i'll be fine honestly don't worry i won't shit myself (laughs) and um so you stopped doing that for about two years and then I remember, because I think you messaged me about this, some of my favorite comedians are like that circle of American comedians, like Bobby Lee, mm. Theo Vaughn, obviously they're kind of yeah. friends with Joe Rogan and um, mm. Whitney Cummings, Chris D'Elia, but obviously now he's canceled. Yeah, now he's a pedophile, we can't like him anymore. Yeah, we can't talk no about him anymore. Funny. No longer <laughs> yeah. funny. No, no longer good. <laughs> Although I do think he's going to make a comeback. I mean who knows i haven't looked into it as soon as i like saw that he's cancelled i was like well like, he's never going to be on anything ever again so mm. what's the point because mm. like that cancel culture is hard like I, I saw the actual like story behind it and i was like oh, well it's not technically illegal mm. but it's just a bit like morally questionable and i think um and i would not get all bitchy but <laughs> theo von didn't like chris because he thought he was weird Oh. So that's that was what I'd read, and then I was like, "Why am I reading about these people's lives?" <laughs> yeah, I do think I know again not to get all gossip column, but mm. I do think Theo Vaughn is like a really good person at heart. Oh yeah, like he's genuinely yeah. a good guy. Yeah, it's um, it's one of the reasons that you're on the podcast is for, that I've invited you on the podcast, not because you've accepted it. It's not like a a great pleasure for you to come on, um, or from your part, not mine, um. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. No, no, but it but, is a great pleasure. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, thanks. No, well, I'm I'm happy that you're here. But with with the podcast name Progress Pure, you might think you're a bit of a Karen, but you're not, and that's what I think is really cool. <laughs> Do you mean like uh, this is how you should live your life, ladies and gentlemen? 
yeah you'd think you didn't have a sense of humor but you yeah. did and that's the, that's that's what is great about it because oh, people use that word progress in all the wrong ways nowadays yeah um but yeah so for people listening that don't know who Theo Vaughn is he is uh he goes he he crosses the lines in comedy but that's what comedy is it's about crossing those lines and it's about creating a spe- safe space for comedians to cross those lines so that we don't have to and yeah. we don't have to feel so bad about all the thoughts that we have that we probably shouldn't have yeah well that's the thing like i i get so worried sometimes about and i think the kind of like social movement of people of you know banning some kinds of like free speech and even putting limitations on debate especially at like some of these American universities where they're like you can't use this you have to do this even in terms of like pronouns and stuff or whatever it is and like cutting off debate like that because you're afraid of hurting people's feelings I think is super unhealthy and and um sad and Mm -hmm. that's what worries me sometimes with comedians because I'm like the stuff they say is so uh, funny and people can joke about it because ultimately we know that these people are good people and like mm. people can make fun of things that are funny as long as they you know aren't actually racist and like aren't actually you know x y and z yeah. and so I'm like yeah. I get so scared but I think that I don't think because I think it went so extreme with people being politically correct and um like limiting or whatever that I hope that it will find a middle ground because sometimes I feel like when they go so the other way after a amount of time they have to like find a middle ground and I do think people are more mm. people are aware of like debate is good and yeah yeah it'll it'll come back to normality at some stage but I think for now people have to kind of tiptoe around stuff and like the whole idea for me on my podcast is like if you're going to listen to it and like, if you're offended by anything that I say it's like you don't have to listen it's yeah cool. I, I really do I, I would not lose any sleep um so if you're listening and you've ever been offended by anything I've said, um, one, I apologize that you're offended. And two, more than welcome not to listen. But, if you but the thing is, you're an absolute legend. But like, are you offended that people, that people, oh, oh, sorry, are you apologetic if someone gets offended? Because I don't know if you, sh- if, uh, and like, obviously if you are, that's cool. But like, mm. it, isn't it normal to be offended by stuff? Like I'm offended by stuff. Yeah. And like, I think that if you're offended by something, it's really important that you, um, if someone said something that offends you, like it's important that you, if they're worth it, stand up for yourself and be like, hey, that wasn't cool, by the way. Like you can't say something like that because that's mm. the way, this is the way it makes me feel. Like living in a world where we have to like tiptoe around everything that we say is just not healthy and exhausting. And what like what's the problem with a bit of confrontation every now and then? Yeah, I think so. But what what um, frustrates me about the whole thing is like what you just said there. We were like, oh, hey, that made me feel like this. So you can't say that. So like, well, why not? Yeah. It's like, hey, just shut the fuck up yeah. and get on with it. <laughs> yeah, get on with There it, are babe. so many people. Like, how good is your life that you're offended by that one thing? Yeah. So I can get over it and move on. Yeah. And there's there's a there's a thing about like being sensitive around people, but then there's a thing about people being too sensitive. Like there are sensitive topics. And it's, it's so weird because it's subjective and subjective is a word that not enough people know. Mm. Not enough people know that their experience is subjective. Mm. If something upsets me, I always think about why it upsets me. I don't, I don't bother to tell that person that it's upset me. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like, there's been so many things. Let's t- take masks. Mm-hmm. Like, someone's not wearing a mask 
Mm-hmm. Now, in Bali, I was never annoyed about it in the UK. I'd look at people like, oh, twat. Whereas in <laughs> yeah. Bali now, like, it's it's kind of shutting down a little bit more than when I first got here at the moment. So I'll see people driving along on their bikes. They're not wearing a helmet, and that pisses me off. But that's their prerogative. Yeah. They want to die. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but when they're not wearing a mask, like, I honestly, I want to drive past, and I want to go at them at, like, a hefty speed, and I just want to slap them in their yeah. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you should do it, Ed. <laughs> I should, I should do it Fucking because do it. the barley locals, like I see what they eat. I know I don't see many old ones. I know that their lifestyle can't be so healthy. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to be irresponsible when you're like a guest, like you're mm-hmm. sitting at their dinner table every day by being in this country, like people just need to start wearing a mask. Yeah. So if there's any, any of the boys that I see riding with the tops off, no helmets on, yeah. with no masks on that listen to my podcast, which I yeah. highly doubt. <laughs> because I, I doubt in any way that they like reading books. Yeah. Um, if I see you on your bike doing that, I'm considering slapping you. And Molly's told me that I can. Yeah, yeah so. you've got, got permission. I give you permission. Yeah. 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 But no, you're, it, it, it is, I think you're right. I think that like I've struggled with that in the past of trying to, if something upsets me, sometimes it's like you don't even need to tell the person, but just look inwardly and think like, mm. why does that piss me off? Obviously masks, masks is a thing that's, gonna hurt a lot of people so like you're in every right I think to be like Mm. listen and also I think people a lot of people would say there's two sides to everything so even saying you have every right to tell somebody that they should they uh that something upsets you I think that like you just said like it's not always necessary that you need to tell someone hey this really upsets me like the idea that Mm. everyone would that everyone should have take your feelings into account and also that would be kind of, if you get offended and upset by, you know, kind of things that people say, obviously there are things that are just like racist or whatever that like people are just fucking wrong sometimes. But sometimes mm. it's like people just think differently, you know, and like everything in your life led you to this moment to think in this way and that they clearly don't think that or they have a different way of expressing something. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person or like that this is to, for you, like for you to be offended by yeah there's um like people can change and that's the thing is like we think racism's bad but there are some people who don't think it's bad yeah and the only reason they don't think it's through their lived experience they've, they've come to that point and obviously it's a struggle to try and meet a racist with compassion and i, I can't do it but like I'd, I'd love to be able to do that one day where i'm like oh look, let's like let's love them into not being a racist. But, um, a guy, he, he, he used to be the leader of the Ku Klux Klan. He was doing speeches at white supremacist rallies at 14 years old. He then went to a university, became friends with a Jewish guy and um, got invited to Shabbat mm-hmm. every Friday. Mm-hmm. And then over a period of time, he realized that being a racist in the Ku Klux Klan wasn't cool. He's now one of the leading anti-racism campaigners in the world. Because even though the guy who invited him for dinner knew that he was part of the Ku Klux Klan, he met it with like compassion and love and and just like tried to see past that. And over a period of time, completely changed his views. Wow. So like people are capable of change. I think that came from, if we're going to, obviously this is a podcast about books. So that came from Rebel Ideas by Matthew Syed. um, One of his newest ones. It's amazing it's people who can story. do that. Like people who can who can see um 
who can like take the time when someone is like angry or hates them to see, to recognize that as a lack of something like recognize that as okay they're mm. clearly just not educated or they clearly haven't met someone who and I don't mean educated as in like went to school but like they're clearly not educated as in um no they're not knowledgeable and like that all people are just people or they haven't had that they're not lucky enough to have had that experience and for that Jewish guy to be like I'm gonna see past that and meet it with love is such a god that is such like an amazing thing that I'm like maybe one so day. admirable so admirable, admirable. yeah <laughs> What guy? <laughs> I, know. I know, I know. Like right now, I wouldn't do it. Like me and Siobhan like, have banter at the moment in the house because she's Irish and like the Irish, I think they're not meant to like English people. Yeah. Apparently, um, we weren't too good to them back in the no, day. No, you were awful. Um, I'm Irish, by the way. Okay. Well, I, I think I'm a bit Irish because my name's Cunningham. Okay, and a lot yeah. of Irish people listen to this podcast. So we're both Irish. So fuck the English, actually. Yeah, fuck the English. Um, <laughs> Um, also I love how we both have such English accents it's like such an English thing to be like no I'm actually Irish or like (laughs) I'm actually Brazilian if you didn't know (laughs) yes yeah I've got a little bit of culture in me I swear yeah yeah, I swear I'm not the English kind of person you should hate um but yeah like like we joke about she'll say something about the English I'm not a racist (laughs) (laughs) but like obviously she's not and obviously yeah. it's just banter. And I think it's being able to like banter about those things. Like we were saying, like with the comedians, like that's yeah. important. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're far off the mark. Far How off did the you mark. start your fucking podcast? <laughs> so then, <laughs> so then my friends. Um, so then after like two years of being like, um, I hate this. And like those two years were actually, uh, it was weird. I went through times of being like, I'm so happy that I'm not doing this. And I did have jobs like in between, like I was working for this spy museum at one point and Ooh. yeah, I know it was very cool. And um, lots of things like artificial intelligence and going to cool museums like Bletchley park and talking to really cool uh, people. But, and then now I work for my brother who has an app in London and everything. And so I was doing other stuff on the side, but I always had this thing in my head of like, what am I going to do with progress pure? Because I'm like, do I just get rid of it entirely? Like there is something there and I do love creating content and I do love having conversations with people. And then anyway, when lockdown happened, it's actually really funny. Lockdown happened. And I started doing these like online hinge dates, you know, cause I was like, I, cause I was mm-hmm. before I was going on hinge and having dates. And then I wanted to do the FaceTime dates because I was like, I can't have gone through COVID and say I never experienced that. Like, I've got to know what that's like. So I did the whole FaceTime, hey, have like some vodka here and like had a date with some people. And then I had a FaceTime date with this one guy. And like during this time I was on furlough for my brother's company. So I was watching, Mm -hmm. I was completely binging on Theo Vaughn, Bobby Lee, um, Kyla, I can't remember what her surname is. Anyway, his girlfriend and Uh, a bunch of other comedians and was loving it and so I was so in their like mindset and you know when you listen to so much of one thing you kind of not become them but you kind of see the world a little bit through them it's like when you read a good book like Mm. afterwards after a couple weeks you everything that you do you like kind of see it through that book's lens yeah and so then I went on this FaceTime date I thought I liked the guy. So we met in real life, obviously two meters social distancing. I want to stress. Yeah, whatever. Of course you did. <laughs> I swear. I actually swear. <laughs> I went to the park. If I liked him, I probably wouldn't have been two meters social distancing. 
and um, we were very distanced the whole time and we were talking and he thought I was funny and he was like oh you're funny and I'm not just trying to be like guys I'm so funny but he <laughs> thought I was funny and he was like you should um like you have a podcast or something like you're quite funny like I can see you doing that and it was the first time someone really said that to me and I was like oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and so here I am <laughs> There is no better compliment than being called funny. Right? I Did everyone hear that? It. Yeah, everyone's heard that. So you, someone called you funny, you're like, fuck it, I'll start a podcast. <laughs> Literally, I Long was like, well, I got short. one. Yeah. <laughs> Gave him five quid like under it. the table. <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. And that was born out of lockdown. So sim- similar to this podcast, like it's, it's been my little baby over the whole COVID era. Yeah. So because um, didn't you start yours and correct me if I'm wrong, but in was it November 2019 or is it? No. Okay. Tell me I just got it completely fucking wrong. April 2020. Oh, damn. Okay. Mm, 420. Hey. I don't want to say that because <laughs> I'm in Bali. I can't have it. Um, <laughs> but okay, yeah, so. There. No, I can't get my hands chopped off. No. At least my worries. No. Um, but yeah, so I started it in April. There's a, a lockdown thing. Nobody called me funny though, which has pissed me off. So, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he's the only person that's called me funny, and that was before I started the podcast. <laughs> Nothing since. Nothing since, mate. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's, you, you can work on it. I'll We've work on it. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Yeah. It, it make progress, you know. Yeah. Um, so you left, you left the whole fitness thing just completely. I'm like, it's podcast time now. Yeah. And I, and my biggest problem, and I read a bunch of books actually, which is probably something good to talk about. I read a bunch of books in lockdown, a lot of um, like startup books. Well, two, a lot. I read Zero to One and Blitzscaling. Um, and mm-hmm. I read them for my brother's company, to kind of think about business strategy and startups and to gain a clearer image of how you make a startup really grow. And mm-hmm. from those books, and then also reading a bunch of self-help books, and those were some of the ones which I was going to talk about, but like, um, what got you here won't get you there. Uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is probably like mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Yeah. And um, like Principles by Ray Dalio. And, and like then a lot of Buddhism books, which like The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Um, I can't remember which other ones, but I think a combination of those books made me kind of realize like one, um, it's just not a big deal. Like life's just not that, mm. like your life's just not that big of a deal. Like, and I had so much kind of mental turmoil sometimes, like that sounds so dramatic. Like sometimes progress was like super awesome and great and I loved it. But when I kind of ended it and didn't really know what to do, I would go through like, just like pangs of being like, oh God, I feel really bad about this. Or like, I don't know where this is going. Mm. And then, so having like a, to read a Buddhism book is kind of a self-help book to remind yourself that, uh, you know, I think there's this quote from Gandhi who wasn't a Buddhist, but anyway, his quote is like, everything that you do in life um, is pointless, but it's important that you do it or something like that. Mm. And I've heard that. Yeah. And it's just like such a, a good thing to hear. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. Why? Sometimes I would post things and then be like, Oh, what do people think? And I was just like, why the fuck does anyone care? Like I should just go ahead and live the life that I want to live because it doesn't really matter anyway. And no one else really matters mm. anyway. And then also in combination with these startup books of being like, um, 
you just kind of like need to commit to something and talking about how like with a startup most of the time it's not um it's most of the time it's just how long can you last like how durable are you as a startup rather than like how much can you offer like are, can you last five years with enough money and building a team of people and get through crazy times like covid or whatever the world is going to throw at you mm. so i was like i want to start something that i love and reading a bunch of these books like seven habits genuinely have you you've read seven habits haven't you because i've seen it on, yeah. yeah did it make you have these reading these books made you want to have better is that what kind of why you saw this book well I took have so many questions like basically those those books made me want to have better conversations with people and I started mm-hmm. putting those books into practice after reading them around lo- lockdown and I started loving having conversations with people way more when you're actually trying yeah. to listen to them through the paradigm of their own life rather than being like this is my problem. This is my life. Let me prescribe that onto you. And so then with that, I was like, I want to do the podcast. And the only requirement I'm going to have, because the biggest, one of the biggest learnings from Progress Pure was like, be consistent, don't overwhelm yourself and stop thinking about the freaking numbers. And if you're doing it for the numbers, it's, you're doing it wrong. And this is not going to, this, you're not going to make a living out of this. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do one a week, one podcast a week. I'm just going to commit to that. That'll be my only major commitment my aim is to have fun and learn uh, and expand my knowledge. And then in three years time, I'm going to review where I'm at. And that was it. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing about committing to something. Um, I, I like what you said there about the, like the unimportance of things. And it was like one of my favorite books, Essentialism by Greg McKeown. I know you answered me, asked me a question there, which I'll, I'll get to. Um, but in Essentialism, he's like, never underestimate, underestimate the unimportance of absolutely everything. And not, nothing's that important. And I always say to people that like, I mean, granted now like job security and stuff like that's, it's kind of scary for people. But when it was at a time, like people were like, asking, like, oh, should I quit my job and go traveling? Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you honestly think you're not replaceable for that business? <laughs> yeah. Like if Apple can boot out Steve Jobs, the founder and replace <laughs> him, you can be fucking replaced. Yeah. Like, people's self-importance is, is, is a strange thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like when you're talking about seven habits, like the, the one thing that I took from that book, which is like the most important thing was seeking to understand before you're understood. Yeah. And f- for me, like I'm massively introverted. So like my, the conversations where I thrive in is like one-to-one conversations or like one to two. I don't like holding a whole room, although I can do that for maybe five minutes if I was like speaking at, mm-hmm. at the room mm-hmm. um but after that my energy's like zapped right but it's like um it came from zeno who's like the founder of stoic philosophy okay. and he was one of the first people to be recorded so you've got two ears and one mouth like for a reason and there are not enough people out there listening and i think that people would learn a lot more if they just listened mm-hmm. so i think for you to like actively seek out those conversations mm-hmm. where you want to just get someone on asking some questions and just listen that's important like for me i don't always do too much talking like i'll 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 add something in every now and then but what i want to do is have someone on here and then just have, like poke the fire every now and then yeah. um unless of course ask a question like you did there where yeah. i will um I'll, I'll hold the floor for a moment um <laughs> but yeah so um, what i do want to ask you about is peter teals zero to one yeah how good was it because it's, it's on my list i've got it as a sample on kindle um do you have to have a business in mind to read that sort of book? Or do you think it's quite good for people that think they want to have a good business? So, um, 
no I don't think you need but I should pre preclude prelude I don't know what the right word is but I have very bad specific (laughs) memories of things like my memory will just merge things together so I can't recall like specific things that he talks about in the book unless I get the synopsis up but um I remember reading it and being like this is I think I was so into reading that book because I had a startup in mind and everything that I was reading I was like oh this is what we should be doing or like I understand why we're doing this now this makes sense or this is it was so much more motivating to read so I think anybody can read it and find it um good and give you like very very good advice and I did actually recommend it to my mom and my dad at the time even though they don't really have startups but I would more recommend it I wouldn't like if my friend was like what book should I read I wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless they did have a startup yeah because even though it's cool and if they had it and they're reading I'd be like that's an awesome book I think that it's Mm. way more grabbing when you when you one have a team that you can talk about it with like after I read it I would go to my team and talk about it with them and like give them my notes and stuff and having Mm. someone who can bounce those ideas off when you're reading a book I think makes that experience so much more fun yeah commits it to memory a bit better as well like as as soon as you share the idea with someone um that's just another form of you committing it to a memory it's like when people make notes but like the day after they've read so like i'll I'll sometimes like i'll think back to yesterday like when i do my journaling in the morning what did i read yesterday that like really stood out yeah and like i can't just like on demand pull out a load of stoic quotes i read about zeno yesterday yeah that's that's why that's there today i know Um, wow zeno (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How clever. But, uh, soon I'm, I'm i'm learning about memory now so are uh, you I'll, I'll be i'll be on to it soon i'll be like a i'll actually be smart It'll be crazy and i'm glad my mum will be listening to this and she hates it when i say that i'm not smart so sorry mum. hey it's mom um, I, I, I know i'm all right what's your mom's um, name suzanne hey suzanne oh maybe i'll bleep that out because i don't want people to know my mum's name. okay sorry <laughs> Nah, it's all right. That's all right. People can know the name. Who cares? She's a legend. Um, My mom's name is yeah. Maraid, if that makes you feel now okay. we're both in the same boat. <laughs> hey, Maraid. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's cool. Like, when you share the ideas with someone, that's, like, the importance of, like, I say to people all the time, like, just start a book club with a couple of friends. Yeah. Like, just talk about it with someone. Like, mm-hmm. find someone who half gives a shit and chew their ear off. Why do like, you... you'll thank yourself. Why do you love, like, what, was there a certain point that made you be like, oh my God, I love books or why, why books? Like, why did you want to do a podcast about books? I just was chewing the ears off of all my friends and families about books because <laughs> they were getting bored of it. So I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll just chuck it on the internet. <laughs> find some friends on the internet who care. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was like, if people can find like, oh, you can find anything on the internet, right? Yeah. Like, you can find an echo chamber for absolutely anything. So I was like, I'll just find one for books. Like I know the audience is out there. Like yeah. I, I have this weird, like unchallenged belief that the podcast will do mad numbers someday because yeah. I just know that there are people out there and like along the way, I want to get a load of converts from like not reading to reading. But is that, was that you? Like, was there a certain point that you mm. were like, that you, oh really? What was that? Just hated my life, really. And then I was in sales. I was reading a lot about sales. Yeah. And I was like, seven habits of highly effective people. And I was like, oh, if these books are about sales, like, why do I care so much about my work when I've like the most of my life is not work? Yeah. I should, I should look at improving my life as opposed to just my work. Yeah. And then started doing that. Got super depressed 
found a lot of comfort in books there like a lot of self-help books really helped me out really um and then start of 2020 i was like oh i'm gonna read a book every two weeks wrote oh, it down wow. so like, how do i how do i read a book every two weeks I was like, all right i'll just read 15 minutes a day because it's not a lot of time to actually sit down but like it's like with anything in life the thing that you want to do isn't a hard thing the hard thing is sitting down to do it can you repeat that so the thing that you want to do isn't hard. It's yeah. sitting down to do it that's hard. Okay, yeah. If it's an activity that requires sitting down. Yeah. Um, so like I had Jay Morton on the podcast. He was a former SAS. He's now, well, he's here in Bali. I would consider him a mate. So what's up, Jay? Um, <laughs> that's awesome. It, it, like he will add as little resistance as possible in between him and doing a task. So whether right. that's sleep with his gym shorts on, have his like, yeah. trainers at the end of the bed. So like it's less difficult for him to sit down to right. um, do the task or get up to do the task. Yeah. Because um, uh, like as humans, like we want to go down the path of least resistance, right? Yeah. I love efficient, um, pe- efficient thinkers like that. Like it's so something mm. that I'm just like, wow, I like, I don't know if I ever want to, if I could ever become that person, but I respect people so much who they just make life simple in these ridiculously logical, pragmatic ways of like, I'm just going to see my gym shorts. And you're like, do you know what? Bravo. Like, it's just so simple mm. that it's brilliant and it will work for you. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause your mind, like, um, I want to, I, I look for a reason not to do everything I know I need to do. Mm-hmm. So like, let's take today. Uh, I didn't want to go to jujitsu, but I did want to go to jujitsu. Mm-hmm. But like, I was like, Oh, I haven't got any ankle tape. Cause I bust my ligaments, my ankle a little bit. Um, yeah. So I was like, I needed to get some tape. So I messaged my friend hoping he wouldn't reply. He replied straight away. He's, <laughs> yeah, obviously. he's got COVID. He's got COVID. I was like, oh, I shouldn't go get it off him if he's got COVID. And then he was like, don't worry, I'll spray it. I'll like sanitize and stuff. I'll give you all the sanitizer. Just like come outside my door. I'll throw it over the fence. I was like, cool, great. I'll do that in five minutes. Cheers. You're like, great. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I was just looking for a reason. And I love jujitsu. Yeah. So I'm like, it. For stuff that I don't want to do, it's even more difficult. Yeah. But I find that I have more wheels in motion for things that I don't want to do. I'm just mm-hmm. like, cool, let's get it done because you mm-hmm. don't want to do it. So mm-hmm. the whole like eat that frog like early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird, like how people seem to just naturally be like that. Yeah. So like I've had to I've had to read to get to this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's so funny. It's true. Like I've seen. Um, have you seen this meme on Instagram that's like dating at 23? Like, what's your favorite? movie or whatever and then it's like dating at 28 so what personal self-work have you done mm. to, to get through all your like childhood traumas etc i can't remember if you i think i posted i can't remember if you replied but yeah i probably would have <laughs> it's, it's such like, a like classic can i one. see your receipts from your therapist <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally like but it's true like when i meet people now and then maybe this is kind of like an annoying stuck up thing because i do find sometimes when i read self-help books that i've read these things that like the listening one, seek seek to understand before being understood. And even though it's great, because it makes you realize like, fuck, like I haven't been doing this and I need to try. And, you know, people just want to be like seen. But then for a period of time afterwards, you're so aware. So when you talk to someone and if they're not listening, it's really hard to not be like a bit of a book snob and just be like, God, have you read Stephen Covey? Because I just feel like it would really help you, you know? <laughs> That's literally my job is that I'm just, I'm just like, guys, do you realize like how much this could actually help you? Cause like, I just realized like what a prick I could have been if I didn't read. Yeah. And there are people out there that still won't read books. And I'm like, come on. Like, I know. What do I have to do? 
I know. Like I don't, I don't want to have to come to your house and and give you a clip around the ears. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a lot of people that I need to do that to. But the thing is, do you think because there are some amazing people out there? For example, uh, one of the main books that I read last year that I loved was Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Oh yeah, such a good book, Banger. right? Mm. banger and he is obviously this amazing person and it sounds like in the book a lot of those things did come from within like he had this unbelievable drive he had this vision he was kind of relentless in chasing that goal and then ended up creating nike and like do you think that all really cool people successful people like read and i don't know like steve jobs i don't know how much he read and he was really successful anyway and lots of people say he was an arsehole and i'm and i don't think that if you read you're guaranteed to not be an arsehole but no definitely not we're, we're all pieces of shit yeah we are all pieces of shit often. yeah that's true that's true but i just wonder if yeah i guess that even if you read, you'll still probably be a piece of shit. But there must be lots of people, like, are there people out there who are just really compassionate? And because what I'm trying to say is, like, before I was reading these books, I wasn't aware of how important it was to be empathetic or compassionate or open-minded. I was just kind of like, well, I'm me and I'm just going to live my life and just be a bit, not a dick, but like, I just didn't think about others as much. And then reading these books made me think about others more. And I find it amazing to think that there could be people out there who are just really open-minded, compassionate, good people without having picked up a book necessarily. They're going to be a product of their environment. So it will depend on where they're from, right? Um, There are people out there that just don't read books at all. They won't listen to books. They won't listen to podcasts that will educate them. And they will still be these incredible people. Like people come from really tough upbringings, like in like... um, Malala Yousaf, I've just read her book. Like, she was not born like a. I no, I do. I think she was born the kind of like warrior that she was to like stand up for like women's rights and education for yeah. like girls in Pakistan. Yeah. I don't think she read about that. Like, granted, like in the book, like you can see she was a nerd in school. Like, yeah. she annoyed her brothers so much. Like, all she cared about was her books. But like, she didn't read how to not be scared when standing up to the Taliban. Yeah, so read how to not be scared like when when she was like shot in the head yeah like she didn't think oh maybe i should stop that there's no book for her to think oh well i've read about not stopping when you're shot in the head so I'll yeah do it. like i think <laughs> i think like everyone has something within them that has like the capacity to be good mm-hmm. but i just think society nowadays doesn't necessarily encourage that yeah i was listening to Dr. Surgeon General of the US, I don't know if it was like the last one or this one, and I can't remember his name and I will find his name after, but he did a talk and it might've been a TED talk. I seem to not remember any details of the event. Um, He did a talk where he talks about that we have the priorities in life wrong. Like the priority in life shouldn't be well, and obviously this is change, like dependable upon everybody and everybody can have their own priorities in life. But his, he was saying that your priorities shouldn't be how much money do I have? And like, what holiday home am I going to get? And, you know, what job, like how, when I'm going to get this promotion, but like ultimately the things that we should really care about is like community and other people and your close circle of people around you and, and um, your like family and being loved. And, you do, I just feel like we, I wasn't at school, those weren't things that people cared about at all. Like, you know, obviously it was important to be nice to people and have people on your team and all this stuff, but it's all with the aim, 
the self-driven aim of because you need to get into this school because you need to show that you volunteered because that's what a university will want to see like it was never like because it's actually really good to help somebody who's in need you know yeah it's um I, I think the schooling system is is it's a production line, really. Like I feel, I felt so um, hippie saying, that. like it is a production. Line, it's right? a fascist production line. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like fuck the patriarchy for the fascists. <laughs> but um, it, like, when you think about it, like the things that you learn in school, everyone says, "Oh, they didn't teach you that in school. They didn't teach us this in school that would have been really helpful." Mm. Like, why have they not started teaching people? about like life lessons and stuff like that like yeah why why is there not um I, I don't know what the curriculum is now but I know it's it's not good enough to arm people for real life because I think a lot of people have it really easy in school yeah um, obviously there are some people that have it really tough yeah but people have it real easy they're then thrown into the real world and they're like fuck this is depressing yeah why don't I know about this why don't I know about that that's why it's important to read right yeah because there's stuff that's in these books that they should 100% like stoicism like I know people would study philosophy but it's dressed as philosophy it's not dressed as like a a, like a um key to a good life yeah it's like the art of living like a buddhism fucking hell yeah of all the religions I'm not religious at all right and I don't know much about many religions but I think buddhism have just got it bang on I I agree I agree but you sound like quite um you sound similar in the belief systems that like I also adhere to kind of um live like talking about stoicism and like buddhism they have and these self-help books books do often have like a lot of similar themes like in um all the same right they're all the same different stories it's all just like one listen to other people and be nice to people be empathetic two um don't let other people control your emotions like it all comes from within and i i read those things and i'm like wow that really resonates with me like i love that but some people it really doesn't like some people really don't like the moral philosophy of um stoicism or that this particularly this is Eleanor Roosevelt quote that's which I'm sure you probably know that's um you know don't um yeah I think don't give other people the power to control your emotions or something along those lines and Mm. some people really don't um vibe with that which I'd be interested to hear like what you think like some people are like well your emotions are just your feelings and of course you're going to be affected by what other people think and say but I'm like but isn't it like a an aspiration and this is why I feel like Buddhism has kind of got it right because Buddhism's like you're like an island your you know feelings and your inner being kind of like comes from within and all these other exterior things from the outside are things that shouldn't really um, affect you and you you shouldn't you like feel all these extremes of emotion but I don't know what do you Mm. think about people who who don't agree with that at all because that's the thing we could go to a school where they preach buddhism and stoicism and blah 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 and some yeah. schools where they'd be like no mate it's not it's well firstly like that was talking about it doesn't serve the, the agenda of of the government right if, <laughs> if they did that but yeah. <laughs> people people that don't understand it like they haven't reached a point where they need to do the work just yeah. yet or won't accept that they need to do the work to understand that mm-hmm. um i think like when I first started meditating, I, I did like a 50 day course on the waking up at Sam okay. Harris. And that was great. 
and that gave me a real good like um center point for me to understand about like my conscious and my subconscious mind and like it was quite intense like by day 18 he's like he's asking you to look upon your head without a head and to wow feel yourself as a, as a like a, a like a, a ball of sensation a ball of consciousness and essentially as soon as you shut your eyes and shut your ears and and all of your other senses like the, the world ceases to exist like it's it's good to go that extreme so you can then dial it back into how extreme you want to make it mm-hmm um but yeah people people that don't like buy into it just haven't needed to yet mm-hmm. i think because i think like for me i i needed to because the thoughts i was having were so negative and like i, I still think very negatively now mm-hmm. um but i catch the thoughts mm-hmm. i'm like, oh, cool not real Soon, gone. yeah <laughs> yeah whereas before i'd let that sit and then i'd get really upset whereas like now like i can process emotion very quickly wow. but it's taken fucking work right yeah. Like, I think that's what people don't realize. Like, yeah, you can read the books, but you have to fucking work at it. You have to believe in something to do with these books. Like we were saying like they're all the same. Yeah. The self-help books. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Because what's in them fucking works. Yeah. Like Paul Moore, um, I don't know if you know him, but he, he had an audio book that came out. It's Paul Moore or Save Your Life. Mm-hmm. He's a Geordie guy and he coaches blokes and years ago he was he was gonna commit suicide ended up not doing it of course um and when i, I messaged him about the book um there's a lot about journaling a lot about meditation um a lot about asking yourself questions um and i messaged him about it. he's like yeah shit works man yeah. i was like no it fucking does paul you're right it does fucking work but people aren't doing it yeah and that's that's what's frustrating um so and yeah, people, people that don't buy into it, they, they haven't needed to just yet. But they will, do, hopefully. Do, do you think as a guy, it's been harder to, because there are some books like you, I, you told me about How Not to Be a Miserable Fuck. And mm. I actually have a very funny story about that book. So when you told me about it, I looked it up on Amazon. I put it in my Amazon basket, but I didn't order it because I don't think I wanted to buy it, but I think I just did it. And I put it in my basket for some reason. And then my mom ordered it by mistake. And so then she gave me this book and I was like, Oh, why is this here? And then she was like, you, you bought it, whatever. And so I was like, okay, cool. I may as well read it now. So then I was, when I, she gave it to me, I was leaving her house to go to my boyfriend's house and I was reading Mm. it. And then and then I got to his house and I like took my stuff and put it on the ground and he saw the book and was like oh what's that and I was like oh like you can have it like my mom like it's a complicated story but like (laughs) but like you can have it like I mean it's for guys anyway and he was like oh okay and then he was being negative about something this is a separate topic and so I like confronted him about it because I was like I think you're being really negative like to be honest about this whatever Mm. and then he had the book in his room and woke up one morning and was like was this a sign like did you get this for me it's like some kind of sign but then he read it and he was like this is actually a really amazing book and like I think it for him is kind of like not changed his life but like something that he was like I didn't realize how much I needed to read this buzzing because you know what I was speaking to my friend Seb yesterday shout out Seb he loves the podcast um he his girlfriend got him that book because when I did the episode on it I was like yeah, like if you know a guy who like doesn't read, like just buy it for him because yeah. like I think it has the power. Like if it's one of the first books that you kind of read or like within like the first 10 or 20, like I think it really does have the power, that book, to just change the whole game. Yeah. If you're ready to buy into it. 
And I'm so buzzing to hear that. Yeah. That's decent. He was like sending me screenshots of pages and I was like, yep, so yeah. true. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, <laughs> I love please. that. Yeah. I love that. But um, you're... yeah, I go on. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, so you're, you, you've read about Buddhism. Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> Buddhism. Buddhism. You've read about Buddhism, right? Yeah. You've read about business. And yeah. where, like, what's the most, like, rogue book you read? Like, I, I've seen a few books in your stories, which, mm-hmm. like, because obviously I was watching watching for a while before I asked you to come on. Mm-hmm. Um, just checking what, if I was a Karen yeah. or not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just waiting out, just waiting out to see, see you uh, be offended by something that I'd said. But you were yeah. right. Um, like, how do you pick your books? Because I've seen you read some pretty rogue titles that I'd never like heard of. Uh-huh. Um, how, how do you come about picking your books? Because a lot of people ask me how I pick my books, and they know that now. Right. But what, what about you? Like, how, how do you pick the books you read? That's a really good question, and a question that in the twenty-five years of my life I have never been asked before. Mm. Um, how do I pick my books? So, how I picked Seven Habits was because my brother read it, and mm. he, my brother's thirty, and I think he's like one of the most not because he's softy, but like inspiring, cool oh. people ever. Like I love him, nice. and I think that the journey that I've seen him go on. Um, like personal development journey he's one of those people that will sleep in his gym shorts because it's more efficient like his brain just thinks in that kind of way you know Um, and so he read seven habits and he used to work at Mars went on their grad scheme ended up doing really well and has done really well and those are books that changed his life and have helped him become Mm. like a really good manager of people and like I think sometimes when people talk about business and sales and getting better like People make it out like it's kind of mundane and not that helpful. But if you can, a lot of the time in business, like if you can be a good manager, that means a lot. Like it can mean you're a really good leader. And and that's important because Mm. it means you're good at like talking to people and communicating with people and making feel like they're listened and heard. And and so I think that because he's so good at that, that made me want to read it. And so once I had read that, then I looked up other books that are like this and that's how I came across mm. what got you here won't get you there um the school takes care of itself which are and the school takes care of itself is by this guy who was one of the he led the team I think his name is Marshall something wait the school takes care of itself by Bill Walsh not Marshall anything Bill Walsh mm. um it's it's his philosophy on leadership and that was like a one of those books that you know um i think will smith and then also kobe um they talked about how like getting to success is the best bit about it is the bit when you're not successful like that step Mm -hmm. by step waking up in the morning you know doing the meetings or like doing whatever you're supposed to be doing in order to get there and then once you get there it's like it's you're you, you realize it's not that great like being at the top and it was yeah. all about that journey and like enjoying it and the school takes care of itself is one of those books that highlights that because it's like if you just do in the work day to day you don't need to worry about the end goal like that end goal will happen um and so I was reading kind of a lot of those books around that similar thing so literally going on Amazon finding books that were similar um seeing ones that had really good reviews and then based on that the, and to be honest, I think most of the books I was reading, and maybe this is a bit closed mind or not closed minded, but my focus was personal self-development books that I could read that mm. changed my mindset into 
into making sure that I kept on going with um, the the podcast I guess and like my own in my own personal life and those things sorry now I'm going off on a tangent but that's all right they really help on a daily basis now and there are some things like I said my memory is bad my memory is bad but there are some things that really stick with you in ways that I think you don't even necessarily realize like Mm. one of the most profound things I got from seven seven habits is he talks about how instead of saying I can't um, like I don't have time or uh, you know like if someone says hey can we hang out and be like I can't do this because I'm doing Mm. something else like that psychological shift when you change your language from like I can't to um, I'm not prioritizing that right now or um, Mm. I'm not going to do that because I'm choosing not to because I'm doing this like that's one of the biggest things that has stuck with me that um, has been incredibly beneficial and even like yesterday I had a a bit of a shit day and I didn't get something that I wanted to get and reading those books like they build those self-development help books and the Buddhism books they kind of like build even in your subconscious where I'm sure you know and I could have probably taken yesterday better but it was one of those things that I think if this was like two years ago before having read those books I probably would have felt way more sorry for myself than I needed to you know and when yeah. it shit happened yesterday I was just like well I'm just a drop in the ocean and you know a, a problem like there's this Chinese proverb which is something like basically the moral of it is something that seems good might actually be bad and something that's bad might actually be good and it's like oh that's beautifully put thank you <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry yeah the confusion on your face yeah i'll have to look up i'll have to look up that proverb it's it's basically like there's this i'm gonna try and do it but i'll probably butcher it okay ready go chinese man right a horse comes to the village now i'm not gonna remember but anyway there's something to do with like a horse and they think it's a great thing oh yeah they think it's a great thing and then the chinese man gives this amazing horse to his son and his son gets on the horse and is riding the horse and the horse and they think, oh, what an amazing thing. We have this horse. And then the son gets on the horse and he gets knocked off the horse the next day and he breaks his legs. And they're like, oh, no, this is terrible. He's broken his legs. What a bad thing. And then the next day there's a war and they do doing conscription and they come to the village and they conscribe, if that's a word, all the men to go to the war. But they can't take him because his legs are broken. So they're like, oh, maybe that's a good thing. Okay then the war happens you know what I mean so it goes on and on and from reading all these things and like you know quotes on random stuff because Buddhism books often throw in quotes from like Confucius and everything and then reading that I'm like do you know what maybe this is a good thing so there are definitely yeah there are good things in um so basically where do I find my books Amazon (laughs) okay yeah nice nice um do you just read self-development or you novels as well so I last year was a big self-development phase my I, I am trying to get into novels more this year like I was reading um The Orphan Master's Son by um I, I think it was released in like 2012 um I can't okay. remember who it's by but it's about this guy who um it's really interesting so far work he's part of North Korea and he works I don't know if they call them like soldiers or or how they refer to their civilians who work for the government but He's basically North Mm. Korean. He wasn't an orphan, but everybody thinks he's an orphan and he's on missions to kind of kidnap people for North Korea. And yeah, it's fiction. And so far it's been really good. But my favorite, which I've got to give a shout out and I want to see if you've read, non my favorite fiction book, which haven't met many people who've read it. And I don't really remember that much about it, but I remember it since being like 16 of being like, this is my favorite book. 
Fool's Die by Mario Puzo? Never heard of her. So Mario um, Puzo is the guy who wrote The Godfather. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, 544 pages. That is a... It's got a void written all over it for me. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> Fair play for like that being one of your favorites, because that's rogue, right? It is you, pretty you rogue. You don't expect you, you wouldn't look at you and judge a book by its cover and be like, oh well, she'll like the book written by the author of The Godfather. That's yeah. why it's important to read broad. Yeah. Because you might just enjoy it. Like I just read Call Me by Your Name. Have you ever watched film? Call Me by Your Name. Why do I know? Oh yeah, with um, Timothy Chalamet in the film. Uh, potentially. Yeah. I, d- I don't know. I didn't pay too much attention to like who the people were in the film. I recognized one of them. Yeah. Um, which actually could be that guy. Um, if Is he the like, older? No, he's like the young boy. But it's like the two Jewish oh, guys yes, who are gay, right? Call me by your name. Yeah. 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 So like, I just read that book. I had mm-hmm. no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. I'm not gay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, people might need to remind you of that sometimes. <laughs> assumptions. But um, I never thought like two years ago or even probably last year that I'd be reading what is pretty much homoerotica. And... Is it? Oh, my God. So it is very crude. Okay. He wanks into a peach. Okay. Love um, that. The, old, the older guy. So like, French. Helps, helps the young guy like poo by like massaging his stomach and like watches it come out haven't tried that like, one before I was, no like I, I mean each their own right but like, i'm not into anything like that yeah and yeah like people people were obviously like whatever you can think of someone's into it right yeah um but i just i was i was reading it and i was like for the first like quarter of the book i was like siobhan like this book is too weird right i was like does I it dive like, straight into that it's you can tell very early on that he has a crush on him, but you can't work out like because because the boy's bisexual, they're both mm. bisexual. But I was like, is he gay? Is he gay? Can like does he like this guy? Does he just like admire him because he's an older figure? Like, you, he, I couldn't quite work it out. And then, uh, and then it got to the point where they kissed, and I like ran into Siobhan's room. I was like, they kissed. <laughs> they just kissed in the book. I can't believe it. And I was like, and the most important thing is. I didn't get boner. <laughs> and and just to say, look, nothing would be wrong if I was gay, but because no. I'm not gay, I don't want to get a boner over it. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Thanks just, for explaining just, the thought process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some people might not know my personality and might and might not know that. I'm like, it's more for the listeners than than for for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like reading broad and especially with novels, like I'm I'm finding it fascinating now. Like because I'm, I'm more interested in actually how it's written. And like for that book, the reason that I loved it so much is because I wanted to turn the pages. Mm-hmm. I wanted to find out what was happening next. And I just read The Science of Storytelling by Will Storr. Okay. And like a good, a good story keeps you engaged. Wait, let me just- A good story up. keeps you predicting the future, right? Mm-hmm. You want to know how it ends. You want to know what happens on the next page. And if mm-hmm. it can create any form of confusion- then they've got you hooked. Right. Even if, like, if it was just a book that was like, hell, these two guys were kissing, like, I wouldn't be interested in a straight couple just kissing in a book. Like, 
I, I have no interest in like erotic novels at all. Mm-hmm. But the way that that book was written was stunning. And right. it just kept me turning the pages. So the, um, the actual way it was written was the thing that made you way more into it. Um, Do you read like classic fiction, like um, Jane Eyre and like things like that? Or not really? I have done before, but like, I, I, I think about it like this now. Um, it's great that the people that wrote those books like changed the whole game, but I wouldn't drive around in a car that was made in the 1920s because they're just better okay. now. Okay, interesting. That's an in. That's a very controversial perspective. I think. Yeah. I think a lot oh. of people would be like, "Well, you I know,", know. and and I've said from the start. Um, I went to a party when I was in Jersey, and this guy was like, "Oh, can you really call yourself a reader if you haven't read classics?" <sighs> yeah, mate, I can. So fucking read books. What a wankery comment! I know. <laughs> so like, it. <laughs> that's ridiculous. It was like, like it. I. <sighs> Another story is he actually turned out to be a weird, pervy guy who was like perving on one of my friends. So I had to leave the party because I was going to smack him because oh. he was so much of a pervert. Oh, God. But you could just, he was just a proper wanker. And he told me that he'd like just got away with like being arrested for like sexual assault. So like, just so everyone knows, like he was a bad person. Oh my so, God, bad person like, alert. Bad, but yeah, red flags, red, red flags. flags. So like, I actually had to... I had to I had to re I had to leave the party because I was like, there's like him and like 30 of his friends, and I'm just there with like my Jersey girls, yeah, with my mates that I met traveling. I was like, let's I'll, I'll be outnumbered if I do it, but I really want to, so I best leave. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, the people that are like, oh, can you call yourself really like I've dipped into classics like yeah. George Orwell, 1984. I thought it was shit. Yeah, I started um, I reading that Animal and Fire. put it down. Good. And I always Don't thought that something was wrong with me. Like I was reading, it got to like after the first chapter and I was like, it's a bit boring to be honest. Like- <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what else have I read? That's like an old Fahrenheit 451. Now I enjoyed it. A lot of people don't enjoy it but that used to be the reason i read it is because it used to be a banned book in america mm-hmm. i was like, oh I'll dip into it see see why mm-hmm. um and i've i've got a, like some philosophy books now mm-hmm. that i that i dip into but i, I do like a page a day of mm-hmm. beyond good and evil and letters from a stoic um so seneca and frederick nietzsche but mm-hmm. classics i'm not bothered about because like i said yeah. like it, the problem with writing was fixed by that person that changed the game and then now someone's made it loads better. Potentially. I, I I agree and disagree because I think that like, I like your philosophy on that. And I like the like metaphor that you used about driving in the car. But I do think as well that maybe, and I, I don't read, like I only read classical books in school and I don't really mm. remember them either. But I do think yeah. that, and maybe it will come in a time where like right now, uh, we're reading certain books because like we need we need them or like we feel like they give us kind of uh, clarity in in our life right now and then maybe we'll get to a point in future where we're like wow George Orwell 1984 I really like vibes with me right now or whatever yeah because we'll be living it that's why yeah <laughs> it's so true and we'll be like what's where's the manual like what's yeah. the self-help bit in this <laughs> but I do think those books like they do also offer like a without sounding too, you know, English teacher but like a time capsule into oh. what, how, how life was different, but also exactly the same. And like, maybe they're written in mm. like a cool way that in today, even though it's cool and different, that 
people don't take the time to like write how they wrote back then and like an intro. I don't know. Mm. I just I think that I get you. I yeah, understand you know that hundred percent because like it's a uh, another Zeno quote because I read it yesterday uh, when he first came to wherever he went when he first got off he, he was shipwrecked somewhere in Greece um, and he spoke to an oracle and she said uh, like if you want to obtain wisdom you must speak to the dead and the only way you can speak to the dead is through reading right um, so that's my idea for like and I'd heard that quote before and that's why I like philosophy because it's it's stuff that's is outdated like yeah. a lot of religions yeah and it still managed to be around as part of the like one percent of like original literature that's lasted over thousands and thousands of years yeah um so like it, it is good and like i probably will dip into it like i've got a brave new world by aldous huxley um yeah. at home and i read about half of that and then i got distracted um and one of my favorite quotes comes from the like epilogue or whatever the one at the start is yeah. of that book was about rolling in the muck is not the best way of getting clean um okay and, can you like, explain that a bit more i can indeed so if you have behaved badly yeah um under no condition um under no circumstance like brood over your wrongdoings right um so essentially like rolling in the muck is not the best way of getting clean is like when you've done something bad like you have to just take yourself out of that situation get up clean yourself off mm-hmm. and just do better next time yeah and I think about it all the time because I often think what a piece of shit I am mm-hmm. like um, for any reason that that comes up and I'm like, I can't roll in the mark. It's not the best way of getting clean. I'm yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> That's really, it's just so, and I know this is such a like, you know, said thing, but like, it's so true. Like I have, mm. you know, I've been in so many situations and when you do things like even, you know, when you and me were supposed to record the first podcast mm. and I just totally forgot and yeah. missed the time. And I felt so bad after that and was just like, oh, I hate myself. Like that's such a dick thing to do, like all this shit. And, and it is one of those things that you're like, you're just indulging in feeling bad now. Like, stop and like pick yourself up move on like it's fine and yeah there's so many things like that in life and when and when you treat yourself like that it's it becomes a lot easier to treat other people like that because maybe that happened three years ago like, oh fucker like yeah. what's the point yeah whereas now i'm like yeah don't worry about it, it literally yeah. happens to the best of us yeah like who cares yeah <laughs> which is probably from a result of reading like stoicism and buddhism <laughs> it's true like even now when I um when I come across people who you know and by no means am I like oh I've reached nirvana with how I treat people like at all this is just talking about what I aim to do and in tiny little microcosms of where I've noticed that this has happened in my life and a lot of time I forget about these books and I go into the route of just like but sometimes with these like glimmers of oh yeah that was because of this book like when I meet people now and I get into an art not an argument but like if they're just being kind of bitchy or mean or like not helping there are so many different books give you so many different ways to think about it like you know what everything has happened in their life has led them to this moment right now that's why they're treating me like this this doesn't have anything to do with me like that's cool you know everything is chill like <laughs> yeah we call that one a spiritual ego friend <laughs> it's i'm working on mine as well like because i'm really really judgmental of people um at the moment but I've had oh, them, really oh i have to chat with my therapist about it quite often like i'm really working on it oh, really? um 
because I'm like, why wouldn't people just do the work and not be a bell end? So you're judgmental being a bell end, which then makes me a bell end. Okay. And makes me like, I'm sorry, you're so judgmental. So I have a, um, I talk about this quite often, but I have a notification that comes through on my phone every day at about 3.40. So it should have just come through. Yeah. Uh, Saying judgment. With a question mark. Like, have I been judgmental today? Yeah, I probably have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there'll be a stage, like, but because I'm learning to catch it. Yeah. So, like, you can't stop the thought, right? But you can notice it and be like, oh, okay, that's all right. Move on. Is that the kind of thing you journal about? Like when you journal, do you write down things like, was I judgmental? Was I? Yeah. So like if I notice something like I'll, I'll, I journal a lot, right? Like if something comes up in my brain, I'm like, I need to work that out. I'll journal. I'll, I'll do, even if it's just like a few lines, if I'm just like, I am this, or I have been this, why would I do that? And I'll, I'll answer those questions myself because like I, I my therapist I can't speak to her every day as much as I'd love to, yeah. but like at some point, like you do have to take on responsibility yourself. And like, I think the journaling is like probably one of the best things people can get into, like journaling, reading, meditation, three mm. things people need to do, move their body every day. Good life, pretty much. Mm. Or if it's not a good life now, it will be in two years time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, journaling for me has been like just the way that I process things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we spoke like before the podcast about my friend that died of COVID. Mm-hmm. I journaled that about three pages of the impact of like what people can have on you. Like my thoughts towards COVID last year, like conversations that I'd had with my mum about like, like ways that I'd been selfish last year, like with COVID. Mm-hmm. And like I journaled that out so that one, like I wasn't rolling in the muck, right? Mm-hmm. I, I took myself out of it so because I could have really beaten myself up about just being a bit of a prick last mm-hmm. year with COVID. Like I wasn't going to parties, or, like I wasn't breaking any rules, but like my attitude towards it stank. Yeah. And whereas now it's directly affected me, I'm like, fucker. Yeah. Why, why was I like that? Because there was thousands, millions of people around the world that have been affected in that way and I was being selfish. Yeah. And I came to that conclusion by like journaling. So I just, I sat there with the dog, chucked on some classical musical, had a, had a journal, had a cry, yeah. processed it. Woke up this morning when I journaled in the morning. Yeah. Once again, had a little journal, had a bit of a cry. And I can now talk about it freely because I've processed it myself. And I think people have a responsibility to do that with their feelings. Like they do have a responsibility to spe- sit with it for a little bit themselves and also then discuss it with other people. Um, but working out how they feel is very, very important. So do you think journaling allows you to forgive yourself in a way? Uh, definitely not, but in, in a, <laughs> a little way. <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? Because I can't imagine being able to move on from like feeling guilt unless you like take a moment to be like, okay, forgive, not forget and try and, mm. and, try and move on with that, do you know? Do better next time. Yeah, just do better yeah. next time. It's a case that does does the feeling of guilt serve you? No. Yeah. Does the does the feeling of like of knowing that you should do better next time serve you? Yeah. Yeah. So let's just do things that serve us and not in like a self-serving way. Yeah. But also in a self-serving way. Because yeah. like we have to do that. I think self-serving practices have a very bad name. Yeah. I think that it's it's so interesting because it's weird. Like it's kind of like a uh 
um, a paradox of times where you feel bad or sad and you're like, oh, I should do this because I've done something wrong. But then it gets to a point where you're like, okay, at what point is this just self-indulgent? And this is just mm-hmm. um, me kind of like relishing in the the badness and the sadness and the guilt when actually it's a waste of energy and a waste of time. And I'm actually just being really self-centered in doing this. And that won't make you feel better at all when like doing something that's kind of like outwardly to help somebody else or not thinking about yourself is the only thing that can help that situation. Yeah. And yeah. it's what, so weird. I love, I love the word paradox. It's, one of my it's good, words. isn't it? I yeah. know. <laughs> paradox. And then there's another one. Um, uh, I can't remember what it is. Can't remember. Like megalomaniac. What does that that's mean? Uh, someone like has like a consistent drive for power and not megalomaniac. Mm, so Mike Tyson described himself when he was younger as like a megalomaniac. Like he was violent. He wanted to be the best. And like, he was willing to do anything to get to that point, like through like extreme violence. Like, and that was his job as a boxer, but like he wanted the power that came with it, the power that came with the fame and not just in the boxing ring, like with women, with like to belittle other men. Like he, that's, he wanted just to be this dominant figure in the world and probably his ghostwriter right he didn't write that book but like described it as megalomaniac (laughs) have you have you heard of david goggins love a bit of david goggins although he definitely gives himself a difficult life right oh my god he is a tortured soul Mm -hmm. but like he's amazing it just reminded me of you talking about how he wanted to be the best and like all this stuff and i still haven't read his book can't hold me down or something can't can't hurt me can't hurt Um, me yeah essentially like I'll, I'll break it down for you so if you read can't hurt me like it is a fucking brilliant book by the way yeah. um and i'm like i'm not doing it justice here but like if i if i was going to try and be funny about it i'd just be like open the pages and he's just like you're a pussy <laughs> and then you look the next page you try and argue that it's like you're weak <laughs> next page you think you're done you're only 40 percent done but i tell you what you'll start running when you've read that book like everything that you're like putting off you will start doing yeah and like wheels will be in motion even if you don't want them to like yeah. you'll be getting up in like in 15 20 minutes half an hour earlier because you'll be like what if david goggins do I yeah exactly it. Like, what if would I ever david goggins do? yeah like what would goggins do like i i know a guy who just ran a marathon like he didn't really train for it and like all the way through it's like what would goggins do what would goggins do and like, i know i could run a marathon because i would think that yeah and I wouldn't stop. Yeah. Because I think like you, you understand like what your mind can push you through. Like when you, yeah. when you hear these stories and draw inspiration from them. So like, I, granted, I haven't done it justice there. Like it is a very good book, mm-hmm. um, but I just get it on audible. If you were going to, yeah. if you were going to get it, um, cause he does it almost like a podcast. Okay. Someone else narrates the book and then he comes in with the narrator after every chapter to discuss it, which is great. Okay. Okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. Cause I, I know about him because he was obviously on Joe Rogan and then me and my brother mm. always talk about like, if we go work out, we're like, come on, what will Goggins do? And like, he's just an absolute legend. Yeah. I had that with Shoe Dog after I read the first I think the first page or like the intro or whatever, I was like, right, going on a run. Like, I love yeah. those books. And have you, did you, have you heard of um, uh, what I th- talk about when I talk about running by Murakami? No, so, I would read that. Because, um, running, I hate it, but I know I would run. I was running after Shoe Dog and I hate running. Oh, do you? Yeah. But do you hate, hate lifting weights. <laughs> do you, um, but do you only like jujitsu then? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah, lifting weights um, kind of, 
kind of sucks. But I find that with all exercise, that kind of sucks. But then after a while, you can kind of get into it. But running, mm-hmm. running is one of those things that you do have to just get into. Because like for the first, I think, few mm. weeks, it's awful. You have to embrace the suck, right? Like when I run, I don't run music because I know that I'm not going to enjoy it anyway. So I'm like, well, I may as well just like have like, and it's because of fucking David Goggins. He says when you run in music, it's cheating. So <laughs> That's I'm what like, my well, brother says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm not a cheat then. I'll just, I'll just run without music and, and we'll go from there. Um, because I know like I want to quit within the first kilometer. So if I'm doing like a 10K or like yeah. I did a half marathon in the summer because I was just like, oh, my mate was doing it. I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll just go. Yeah, yeah. Met him at the beach at five o'clock and then we just did a half marathon I've done just like you two before yeah oh that's awesome um it's quite nice in Bournemouth we've just got like a long promenade along the beach okay so you just run whatever it is six and a half miles one way and then six and a half miles on the way back oh wow and, okay and we've done it Definitely. and that was like five o'clock so we're back before like quarter past six. Oh no no no, no we weren't back wow seven. I was like yeah yeah <laughs> so you don't want to be an Olympic runner there <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, aren't you a really good athlete? <laughs> yeah, we're actually right by five thirty. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just don't run with music because I'm like, well, David Goggins says it's cheating. Damn, it's so annoying because I'd love to run with music, but I just can't now. And so, what do you think about? Do you think about anything? I process things. Whatever yeah. needs, whatever comes up, I'm like, I'll sit with it. Because you have to wrestle your demons when you're running with no music. Like, yeah, running there's only so much of your surroundings you can take in and be mindful whilst running yeah all of like after a while like those thoughts are going to come in that like you're not good enough yeah you need to stop now like yeah all of those horrible thoughts and sometimes I quite like sitting with those thoughts yeah and I want to like I know now like it's it's a good thing to beat those so like I <sighs> crazy like this morning I was going to quit the podcast what do you mean well like I wasn't gonna but the idea mean, came up. Wait, quit our like I, podcast or a need to read? I need to read. I was just looking at, I was looking at the Instagram. I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just stop it. No. And like, I wouldn't do it. Okay, but good. these thoughts come up, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's not the worst, like, kind of thoughts that I have. Like, I, I'm, yeah. I've always been pretty open. Like, so I drive along the road and I think, oh, I should crash. But I won't. But do you actually think that? Like, you should actually crash? No, it just comes up. Right, 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 right. Okay, fine. But mm. don't, I think everyone thinks that, don't they? Like, to a certain extent, mm. like, whenever I walk across a bridge, I think, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in, you know, mm. like, t- into the road. And, like, I don't yeah. I don't know if that's a bad thought because I don't think it comes from, like, a negative place. I think that comes from a, I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, but- it's strange. I think it's people that are, like, prone to anxiety. I've, I've spoken to a few people about it. And someone actually messaged me off the back of my last podcast when uh-huh. I spoke about um like I just went on a rant about mental health when I found right. out about the second the third lockdown or whatever it is now yeah and um I spoke about those thoughts that come up like when I'm driving along on the bike here in Bali I was like well, I could just crash into the side of the road just see if I die who knows yeah. but like I wouldn't do it right yeah and this guy messaged me and he was like I've never heard anyone say that and I was like well you need to start speaking your truth a little bit more wow because a lot of people think like that and like I've spoken to seven or eight people and that's people that will speak about it right right my therapist said that sometimes she'll be standing standing for a train think oh step out won't do it though i i I think it's quite a natural thing i'm shocked that to hear that anybody doesn't think about that maybe i haven't spoken to enough people Mm. i thought everybody thinks like and not like i want to kill myself but in a way of just like wow i could do this and how 
and I'll think like, what would people think? And like how different that would yeah. be. And everyone will be gutted because you're so funny. <laughs> like, I'm fucking hilarious with all my good Chinese yeah. proverbs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> good thing, <but> yeah. bad <laughs> thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. But like, it's, like sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want to do it. That's quite nice. Yeah, like, <laughs> that is nice. That is nice. Um, but I think that's what differentiates um, sometimes people like, there are I was talking to my mum about this and I think it just goes to show my like lack of understanding with sometimes I think that I have a really bad full understanding of people who go through times of depression because like Mm. I was saying to my mum at one point my mum was depressed at one point and I was saying to her like I don't understand it fully because and it's me being you know not being able to get it but like if if you feel like so awful, then aren't there things to look forward to? Like, and I know this makes me sound like so naive and dumb, but like even things like food, like the ice cream and like, you know, wouldn't you like just live a little bit longer for that? And my mom was like, that's not how it works. Like that's not the way that people think. You can't think like that. You don't have that. Um, You're just so past the point of that, you know, being a thing. Mm. Um, And so I think that, yeah, there's a line between like knowing like, oh, I, I won't because I have, you know, I don't want to, which is a nice thought. And then people who um, unfortunately don't, don't have that clarity at all. Um, mm. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a crazy thing. And, and depression is something that comes up. It, it was heavy for me mm-hmm. year before last for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then last year she came back, old lady depresso mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and rational thought is it's almost as if, that part of your brain is just taken out temporarily or it's just disconnected. And that, that's all, all depression is. It's a disconnection from, from something, from mm-hmm. societal, like, connection. Just all these different connections. You should read Lost Connections by um, Johan Hari. It'll, okay. it'll give you a really good understanding of that. Um, but that's the craziest thing is especially because I, I've read so much so, and, and I've dealt with it before that I know all of this stuff. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh, fuck, can't rationalize it. Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah. for me, I now am just so curious of it when it comes up. I'm like, oh, yes, welcome back. Let's have a look at you. <laughs> Let's sit with you for a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think like it's, it's quite a good way for me to manage it. It's like when anxiety comes up, I'm like, I, I'm excited for it now. And in kind of yeah. a perverse way, because I'm like, cool, let's, let's go again. Like, yeah. Like it's time in a kind of megalomaniac way. Like I want yeah. to take it on. Yeah. Um, that's interesting because a lot of the the self-development and Buddhism books talk about like problems and how life is kind of like problems one after the other. And I'm wondering if you see it in this kind of similar way that when when sometimes now when you face like a problem or a situation, rather than trying to be like, I have to fix this or I have to solve this, but actually like sitting with it and um, not trying necessarily to fix or to solve, but to just experience it as a part of life. Mm hmm. You like you just, the good with the bad, right? Mm. Like it, it rains and it's it's sunny, and that's the little old cliche. Like, let's if it didn't rain, like we wouldn't have grass, right? Mm-hmm. It would just be shit. The world mm-hmm. would not be green. I went to Portugal last year. I thought it was pretty shit because it was just dry. <laughs> Came back to England in like September and it was green. I was like, this is fucking beautiful. Yeah. And it's because it rains here that it's like that. Yeah. And like I wouldn't. I'm so grateful for the fact that I've been depressed and that I probably will be depressed again in the future. And like, it's just molded me as a person because it, it sent me to the point where I was like, I've got to fucking do something about my life. 
and yeah it's it's a very weird thing to mm-hmm. to become grateful for those those type of feelings mm-hmm. and um i used to think oh, i i envy people that have not felt depressed but like obviously people have felt sad yeah people have have like people feel these emotions people that haven't been depressed aren't just like emotionless no it's just that they haven't had the point where it's like open your eyes in the morning like what's the point yeah like what is the point not at a point that's like oh i want to kill myself today but it's just like what is the point of moving from here yeah Yeah. but like for for days and days in a row and i was really fortunate like over lockdown like last time like i had a dog so I got up every morning, like, yeah. it's like, what was the point? I was like, the dog, you need to fucking walk. That's what a lot of people <laughs> say. Yeah, a lot of people talk about, like, one of my um, best friends' dad died recently. And I think the mom has been mm. going through a really hard time. And one of my one of my friends said, you on it, and she's depressed. And one of my friends said, you mm. should buy her a dog. And, like, it sounds like one of those practical, two practical logistical things to even work. But maybe those things mm. of, like, forces you to get up and like to put those basic things in motion like actually is really effective it's like have you watched afterlife with ricky gervais yes you know he's like he's like if i kill myself who's gonna feed the dog yeah there you go yeah like <laughs> yeah yeah it's, what... it's crazy I but then it... also like people there are people who who get so low that it's like the, the, the dog is the last of yeah worries yeah exactly and, and it's important to like speak to people not just by a dog right yeah but, um like it's it's helpful to have something to live for if you feel like you've got nothing yeah like in uh man search meaning where he says if you can have a why you can bear almost any how yeah yeah he, he who has a why can withstand almost any how yeah yes yeah correct mm-hmm. um and like what a fucking bloke he was right yeah like, what a guy carried on and i read books like that and i'm like it's I almost know. like i'm reading david goggins book i'm like i am pathetic <laughs> and like everyone's problems are relative right <laughs> but he carried on through a concentration camp was starving yeah and i just like i think i'm not like, i'm so weak yeah because i would not do that i know and it's, it's always the people who have lost the most who are like the and this generalization but who are the most grateful and the most happy like i was mm. watching this new show with this girl i think had all her four limbs bitten off by a shark and she was in oh, australia me. yeah i know right how did it even do that <laughs> maybe it was just her legs it sounds better this. if it was all four <laughs> <laughs> just a shark that got everything except the torso yeah. <laughs> some bondage she... gone wrong <laughs> it was a shark wink wink and um mm. And she was like, I'm just not going to let it stop me. Like, and it's always those people, you know, who have like faced, mm-hmm. you know, terrible um, life terminating cancer and or terminally ill is what I'm really meant to say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people who are like on the brinks of losing everything and then they can really appreciate stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's mental. It yeah. is mental. Right. And on the subject of having a dog for meaning. Yeah. The dog doesn't need to walk this afternoon. And yeah, go we've, walk. We've the... been going for a while. We have been going for a but while. Let's go for your top three books before I let you go and let you get on with your day. Yeah. Um, we may have spoken about some of them in this podcast, but hit me with ones that you'd recommend for people and what type of person you'd be recommending that for. 
Okay, so number one, I would recommend Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. And number two, I would recommend Principles by Ray Dalio. Mm-hmm. And number three, I would recommend Fool's Die by Mario Puzo. Okay, so we've got the Seven Habits. Who's it for? Seven Habits is for people who want to have better conversations with people and to live a more enriching life or maybe live a more like um, self-aware life. It's what it's for somebody who wants to feel like they, they need to connect with people more and to, um, and to, I think work on the foundations of feeling um, better and good in terms of, it was just a big reminder of like what's important as humans and which is like human connection and, it helped me in like building blocks of, of, of anything, anything that you want to do to be successful. And I think it's one of those books. It's just a good reminder of like, you need to start with yourself and with speaking to the person next door rather than the biggest goal that you're trying to achieve. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And then the second book principles was a really good kind of practical book to read, especially the section on life principles of um what are your principles what what's the kind of person that you want to be and um like practical things that you can write out in order to achieve um in order to try and become that person like a a functional kind of book I would say Mm, okay decent and then obviously your novel my novel which I'm shocked no one has made into a movie yet there must be a good reason why but if you want something to kind of like take you out of reality a bit and be surrounded by like women and money but also kind of interesting life lessons and just a really cool story um and also to have a cool book by Mario Puzo that people go oh you wrote The Godfather I didn't know that um it's a great book I highly recommend it yeah makes people think you're cultured I like it that I'm not a Karen basically (laughs) yeah yeah, we've come to that conclusion today I've really enjoyed it I don't usually let them run over this long but I've, I've had a great chat where can people find you if they want more because uh I've... what's interesting is just uh, before I, before you let you do your closing speech <laughs> you you <laughs> brought debate to the podcast um which is interesting because uh people agree with me a lot and I like the fact that you didn't and and importantly we have spoken about topics that I think needed debating and I believe you have a debate series on your podcast right this is true it's almost as if you planned it almost <laughs> so hit me with it where where can people find you so you can find me on insta on spotify apple Podcasts, and youtube if you just search progress pure i do three sections of my podcast debating dating and simply existing which is like a jazzy term for just interviews with people who i think are really interesting and cool and um yeah that's about it but I had a really great time thank you and we've gone on for so long but I've really enjoyed speaking with you I think you're super interesting and it's just been lovely to have a chat with someone on a a Wednesday morning for me about books and all the cool things in life well thank you very much for listening to that episode um we covered a lot there was a lot going on there I'm really glad that Molly did bring debate to the podcast like she said there and um, I'm sure I'm, I'm gonna get the invite I know I'm gonna get the invite to go on to hers and to have a proper debate um over a topic that might be controversial so I'm, I'm excited for that um, you can find everything you need for molly as she says at progress pure on instagram that is down in the description there now also in the description you'll notice a thing that says buy me a coffee 
Now, Buy Me As A Coffee is a way for you to support the podcast and the work that I do creating this for I kind of I do it a lot for myself but I also do it for the good of the people as well um, if you are getting a lot of value out of the work that I do by no means feel like you have to but if you'd like to buy me a coffee buy me a book there's options for both on there head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash a need to read the link is in the description and it's just a way that you can kind of support the podcast um, I really appreciate all the support that I get in general with all the shares um, but financial support is always helpful it means I can reinvest in the podcast and then get some better equipment and just hopefully better create better content for you going forward um, I think I'm doing the right job now but it could always be better so if you want to support the podcast in that way I would really appreciate it you're all legends whether you contribute or you don't I think you're all great for listening and you've absolutely changed my life so thank you very much for listening once again and all the links in the description are there I've put the books that we've spoken about and of course the sponsors with BetterHelp so that's it from me I hope you enjoyed it take it easy love you bye